Hello, hello, welcome back everybody to Actually Best Choice Movies. I'm your host, Chris Chafin. Live from New York. It's Actually Best, <laughs> Best Choice, Choice Movies. Movies. I'm your host, Caleb Shively. Hey, Caleb, how's it going, dog? Uh, Quite okay and very well, thank you. How are you, Chris? Good, I gotta say, since now we're obviously, we've been on this bi-weekly schedule for a while, uh, and I gotta say, I've been really feeling it lately. It feels like a long time in between Oh episodes. yeah, I get excited too. I get... Uh, to talk about movies, practice more in between with strangers. <laughs> do you do that? Uh, do you, I think you're just talking about conversations, I think is what you mean. I think that is the correct term. Like People come up to me like, who know I like movies. Like, oh, hey, you see anything good? And I'd be like, yes, here's a quick couple things. That's great. Yeah. Which I is mean, what we're going to do. But you, so you look at this like a regular conversation as practice for the podcast. Is that? Uh, no, I guess I don't. I guess <laughs> I look at it as a way to keep talking about movies all the time. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I just realized this part of the show isn't supposed to be this long. Uh, so this week <laughs> on ABC Movies, we are talking about two movies, as always. The new film is uh, 2019's The Farewell, directed by Lulu Wang. Uh, 2019, the year that we're in. Yeah, I don't know why I said it that way. Again, it's been a long time. you got to excuse me. And the other one is Shirkers, directed by Sandy Tan. Sandy Tan. Uh, that's both this week on, actually, Best Choice Movies. <laughs> But before we get to any of that, mm-hmm. Caleb, uh, what have you been watching this week, dog? Well, give a quick shout two out. Weeks, two weeks. Two weeks. Give a quick shout out to uh, TS4, which the TS stands for Toy Story. Uh, we talked about Toy Story recently. I did see the fourth installment on there. It's fine. Good. Uh, not as good as three or two, but maybe as good as one. I haven't seen one in a while. Mm, we were talking ranking. we were talking shit about Toy Story yeah, 1 on the last episode. Uh, Animation-wise, they do some beautifully wonderful things uh, and also key and peeler in it and kind of steal it for me to infinity and your mom <laughs> this is you this has been your prediction for months is that oh, key yeah. and peel are going to steal the show in toy story 4 they are you, funny. you feel like that happened yes i do <laughs> um i have some minor complaints but they're a little bit spoilery but who cares yeah i because i actually have not i have yeah. not seen it yet yeah, man, it's the number one books of this movie. Go see it. Yeah, I don't know what's been going on. I actually have not been going to the movie theater that much. It's fine. We got a box full of movies at our house that you hit buttons and plays it. I honestly had no idea what you were talking about for a second. <laughs> and I was like, does Caleb have a box full of movies at his house? I was like, I guess he like collects VHS tapes. Like, I actually maybe... do have a box full of VHS <laughs> tapes downstairs in the basement. Yeah, I have like a third of a credenza full of movies, I guess. Like my DVDs that I collected between like 2001 and 2006 like the time that i was collecting dvds um but wait did you did you have anything else about toy story 4 like because i've been hearing i expected it to be really good based on what i've been reading but based on my gut intuition i feel like how could it possibly Uh, it kind of exists outside the three which uh you could i will now refer to the first three as the andy trilogy this is uh, (laughs) the first of the bonnie movies i don't know if they're going to explore any more bonnie but there is a a break they could do a total reset with if they choose to do more. That's interesting. Uh, but hey, Woody's great in it. It's a very Woody-centric movie. It's uh, kind of 
at the expense of all the other regular cast because they're hardly in it. And like I said, Key and Peele uh, and all the other new characters. My man, Forky. Are the I've seen the gif of Forky where he's going, I'm trash. That's oh, like a very great, popular yeah. gif. He's already. very fun. I like Forky a lot. Trash? <laughs> no, no. Toys. They're all toys. Trash. That's all I know. Yeah. All I know is the gif. I, I only know Toy Story 4 from memes. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think means I'm 11. I don't know how that happened. Uh, that means you're 11 or f- over 40. Okay, yeah. Well, closer so, to closer to one, <laughs> but I'll let you guess which. Closer to fine. Wait, can, can I, I say one thing about Toy Story 4? Oh, please. Uh, which is that we live in the age of IP where movies are TV shows, and if they found some way they could make more Toy Story movies, my prediction is they will make it five or six more of yeah. them. And they'll, make, they'll be, be making them forever. I do think they will, uh, just because we of that exact reason. But it, there is a... Two paths, uh, a forky in the road, if you will. They could go, (laughs) and I hope they go one way over the other. So Caleb is going to be editing this week's episode, and if I were editing this week's episode, forky in the road, yeah, forky in the road, yeah, I would fucking go after you for saying forky in the road. I would like put in like a womp womp womp, that Uh, kind of a thing. just edit that out and put that in. Yeah, so sure. It's like, oh, that was actually Christmas. Let's see wah, if wah, you're wah. fucking, if you're brave enough to do it. Let's see. Uh, Pixar is brave. We're talking about Pixar <laughs> movies. Yeah, but then you had another movie you wanted to talk oh, about. Oh, yeah. Uh, I saw it on the air, uh, airplane. Uh, thank God. I. This is a dumb thing. I saw the airplane, but actually I just got it on Netflix disc today uh, because <laughs> I forgot to change my cue. Uh, but anyway, it's Gloria Bell uh, from Sebastian Lilo. Oh, uh, he yeah. won an Oscar for a fantastic one. A great movie. Uh, he did an English language movie this time around installing That's Julianne the one with Moore. Julianne Moore. I uh, thought that movie looked so bad. Oh, my God. I well, thought it looked har- terrible. Impossible to market movie. What I always say, trailers suck. This is a You do movie always say that. It's so hard to market. Uh, I'll frame it as this. Uh, her son is played by uh, Michael Sarah. He's not in the movie that much, but he's her son. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is like a... Uh, if you like shifted the perspective or character of the movie, this would be like a Judd Apatow movie where Michael Sarah plays this little loner guy who has a young baby, uh, but his friends rag him because he has a really hot mom. <laughs> but take that and then shift the perspective onto like the hot mom who actually has a really interesting inner life. Who, she goes out dancing. Uh, she uh, has like this really staid job. But yeah, she, it's like about her wanting to be free and break out, which is not like very hard story to tell, but very well acted because mm-hmm. she's amazing and it basically just follows her on a, a relationship track and i think the moral of this movie is if you're in a relationship with someone really cool you gotta step up your game because like the, the the guy who is this is a very schlubby version of john Turturro who's very well does very well at that Caleb, that's interesting to hear you say that because uh, I don't know if all of our listeners know you have a. I mean, I'm sure they do. Like you are someone who has a cool wife. So did this? Oh like, yeah. Did this like hit home I'm with you I'm because cool. you have a cool wife? Like were you like it yes, I agree with this. I'm cool and treat her very as cool as she needs to be because she's very cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, John Turturro did not step up his cool game. He did here. not step up his cool game. Uh, it's also. It just it looked to me like one of the most like one of those extremely cliched like adult movies where it's like. I'm breaking out of my shell, you know, and then it's got very uh, tame she necessarily jokes break in it and out stuff of her shell as much as uh, she's already broken out of her shell, and uh, people have uh, like that dude doesn't just rise up to her. Like she just wants a relationship and like decides not to be in this relationship. It's kind of very refreshing. Well, uh, the jokes in it are I don't know. It's not super funny. There is funny things <laughs> to it in it, uh, but it's more just like a very interesting, well shot, well produced. Yeah. Uh, the casting in it is amazing. This is a little bit of a spoiler, already, but. Uh, a guy she hooks up with at the end, at like this really weird moment in her life, they 
it's a guy she meets in Vegas at a craps table. It's kind of be like this sharky, <laughs> See, schlubby even guy. this is what you're saying to but me. But it's Sean Astin. Okay, yeah. Which is right. very, very great casting. I was like, oh my gosh. Uh, uh, very enjoyable movie. Which one is he again? Is, 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 is he He's, Stifler? Uh, is that? Samwell Gamgee. Samwell Gamgee, okay. Uh, Mikey from The Goonies. Oh, yeah. from uh, He basically played that same part on Stranger Things Season 2, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like a weird that. guy that your mom Man, is having sex great, with. Yeah, he's a very That's good his actor. new niche as an actor is the weird guy your mom is having sex with. <laughs> Get it, Sean Astin. Yeah, great. I mean, uh, hey, he I'll played, take it. He also played Rudy, so yeah, root for root for him. The underdog, yeah. while he's under <laughs> your dog, if your dog is your mom. If your dog is your mom. Yeah. Um, Lori Bell, check it out. It's probably streaming. I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't echo that Sebastian, statement. Sebastian I'm not going to say that you should check it uh, out. Who directed Fantastic Woman, which is, uh, again, an astounding movie. Yes, I've heard that's a good movie. I've heard that's yeah, a good Oscar movie. Yeah, Oscar winning, great. But yeah, great director. But it's often, we've talked on this show many times about a very good non-English language director who comes to Hollywood and makes like an absolute piece of garbage movie. Mm-hmm. Like, what's his face from uh, The Lives of Others? Oh, sure. Um, yeah. Like, he made like one of the worst movies of all time. This like uh, terrible, terrible of uh, the, the tourist. I would also say that... Um, Just because they don't know how to do Hollywood. The you Lives know? of Others was just an okay movie too yeah sure sure <laughs> sure yeah for my part i have been i've been watching a lot of stuff at home i've been watching this nicholas winding reffin show have you been watching oh, uh, this i would like to uh his 13 hour long movie his 13 hour long movie so it's like six episodes but each episode is an hour and a half like give or take <laughs> which is fucking nuts if you think of it as yeah. six movies which it is uh yeah it's called too old to die young uh and you With know miles teller i believe Miles Teller, exactly, yeah. Um, there's other good actors in it I don't remember right now. So it's like six different movies, right, that are each like an hour and a half long. And it is, parts of it I find so boring, like so like wildly boring. Mm-hmm. Like he'll definitely spend like a full five minutes slowly panning in a circle around a room. Oh, he does that, yeah. But he does it in every episode and he does it like 10 times every episode. Yeah, and man. he takes this fucking time every time that he does That's it. That's cool. There's lots of like colorful lights, a lot of like Ooh. men being very manly, you know. Um, I can't tell if he, he doesn't. Do you think he hates women or he just loves men? Um, I think he is an egoist, so that goes along with him being a masculine person. Mm-hmm. But uh, Kristen Scott Thomas and Only God Forgives had a lot to, to That's do. That's true, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of, yeah, a pusher. The women yeah. in this show. Uh, the yeah, women Valhalla in this show. Rising had zero women. That had zero it. women yeah. in it, yeah. And while well, he made that Neon Demon movie that was oh, all true. all women, yeah, that's true. right? But it was most it was about women killing each other, yeah. you know. So that's kind of a weird thing because that means you this get to make a movie people killing each other. Yeah. You can make get to make a gruesome movie where a bunch of women are murdered, but it's like a woman does it, so it's okay, <laughs> you know. Like it's kind of a trick. Like we're on to you, Nicholas Winding yeah. Refn. Is that even how you say his name? Like, do you have any idea? Uh, I Refn is correct. Oh, I, I always don't know if it's winding, winding or winding, winding. Or, yeah, I have no or idea. Or wingdings, the font. Um, but so that's been taking up a lot of my time. I fall asleep when it's on. I actually, this is, so this movie is, the show is so quiet that I fell asleep while I was watching it. And then I woke myself up because it was so quiet that my brain registered. It was quiet. And I was like, oh no, like did the TV turn off or Amazon stop playing or like something's wrong. And I woke up, but it was just a scene. It was just a scene oh. was going <laughs> that had no talking in it. And, and it didn't have talking for like a while after I woke up, you know? Wow. I'm a um, big fan of his, so I, I have been meaning to check that show, show out. It's like really a commitment. And of Miles Teller. It's really a commitment. Miles Teller is great, but he's not even in every episode. That's good. Um, I, I'm also waning on Miles Teller. <laughs> oh, no. I feel like I'm getting a lot of conflicting information from you, Caleb. Just on Miles, my Miles Teller opinion. Um, And I did finally watch The Love Witch, which I've talked about oh, before. Oh, yeah, I've been great meaning movie. to watch. Yeah, so uh, I watched just, it finally. Uh, Anna Biller. 
Yeah, so it's great. Um, I will say here's a couple of things about it. I thought it was fantastic. Obviously, the story is that she made all the props herself, the the writer and director, uh, and she spent forever, you know, sewing rugs and painting paintings, and all of that is fantastic. And it's like such a such a dead on parody, or not parody, like homage, or just it is. Know, yeah, it is one of those like 1960s horror movies, um, and it's just perfectly executed. But a- a- after a while of like just laughing with delight at how fantastic it was. I was like, oh, it's such a perfect one of these 60s horror movies that it's as boring as one of those movies. Like, it definitely, I lost steam on it about 35 minutes into it, and then it went on for a full another hour. Yeah, I think when, as it does, the slower pace and it does get boring, uh, you just start, that's where I get into the craft of it. Oh, sure, sure. Looking at like, oh, wow, this is really good production. I don't have to pay attention to the plot. I'm just going to look at all, like, the tiny details, like, uh, I remember there were a lot of good shrubbery in the Love Witch. <laughs> um, <laughs> and like, yes, location-wise, I was like, oh, this is, they're getting a lot, like, you could start telling, like, oh, uh, this is very cheap on the cheap, but, like, they're getting a lot out of this mm-hmm. entire location. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, that's enough of that garbage. I feel like garbage I wasted a lot of time. Don't um, so the first movie we're going to talk about this week is The Farewell. What's wrong, Dad? Please tell me. Your nan is dying. She doesn't know, so you can't say anything. The family thinks it's better not to tell her. Why is that better? Chinese people have saying, when people get cancer, they die. The Farewell is a new film from writer and director Lulu Wang. It's based on her own real life. She learns from her parents that her grandmother, who still lives in China, has been diagnosed with terminal cancer. And uh, they also tell her that they are not going to tell the grandma that she's dying. Uh, The idea is it's like, oh, if you're told that you're sick, that's when you get sick. Like they say, oh, we told her she got cancer and then she died. I'm talking about some other person. And if she and on the other hand, if she really is going to die soon, like what's the point of worrying her? Uh, So Wang, the Wang character who is played here by the comedian and rapper Aquafina, who's making her like dramatic acting debut, uh, thinks this is terrible. She's horrified. uh, But then the movie becomes this kind of uh, meditation on family dynamics and the immigrant experience. Um, The idea being like... uh, not telling somebody they're dying is really common in China. And, you, you know, you would know this if you hadn't left China. Like, basically, the whole family has left China. And then, so then it's all this, you know, uh, different cultural stuff coming into play. But that's not to say that it's not funny. It's actually, like, really funny. Uh, and especially um, Shuzhen Zhao, who plays the grandmother, uh, who is fantastic. She's like a bundle of energy. And she spends the whole movie being like, why is everybody being so depressed? We're here to have fun. Because they make up a story that it's uh, a cousin's wedding. And so everybody comes. But then they're so sad the entire time because they all know that she's dying, but no one wants to tell her. If the plot sounds familiar, it's because it's actually based on a 2016 This American Life story, also written and narrated by uh, Lulu Wang. Uh, and it gets rerun a lot, actually, if you listen to This American Life. Aquan, what you don't know, Lulu Wang has this case study of people not admitting the truth. And this is the end of what I'll say. I'll just be like a petty, bad person. Uh, It's easy to be a little jealous of Lulu Wang. Her first feature film came out in 2014. Uh, It's called Posthumous. It stars uh, Britt Marling, who's also in The OA. And then This American Life show. Then she got a slot in the Sundance Institute's Film 2 initiative, where she like worked on the movie and then the movie was at Sundance and Sundance even like threw a special premiere party for the movie uh, sponsored by Acura at LA's Ace Hotel. 
So I feel like this is a movie we're going to be hearing a lot about. I feel like people are going to be into this movie and like talking about being into this if movie. If it hits, it's going to get an Oscar campaign, I feel like. Dude, I, I yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I would screenplay. Say screenplay. Screenplay. Yeah, uh, definitely definitely. going to do some wonders at my favorite award show, Independent Spirit. Oh, yeah. There was a huge bidding war when it came out, too. Uh, oh, was there A24. Really? A24. Give it up for our current <laughs> powerhouse of art house cinema. Yeah, they outbid Netflix and Amazon. Oh, wow. Uh, they might not outbid them, or this, those people did not have a good enough bid because A24 is also really cool. Well, and I bet also A24's plan like relied more heavily on theatrical distribution, yes. you know, which maybe Lulu is True. into for some reason. Yes, because she likes film. Yeah, because it's cool, because it rules to put it in theaters. <laughs> yeah, what did you think of this movie? Uh, it's, it's very funny. Uh, it's also tremendously sad, and it ties that sweet spot in between those as uh, very sincere, uh, and that means it earns all those really sentimental moments, too. Uh, I was oh, yeah, definitely. I would say that's true. Very impressed with Aquafina, a person who I've always liked and enjoyed. Her character name is Billy. It's very fun, but she also just gets to react and gets to like be a fish out of water, but the water is her family. That's a very tough mm -hmm. line to play. Yeah, very true. And what can be interesting about that, too, speaking of being fish out of water, it's like... They all, all of the family members that are there have these different experiences. Like basically none oh, of yeah. them have this because like her dad is, a, was born in China and then grew, moved to mm -hmm. America as an adult. So he's still kind of more Chinese mm -hmm. and, and the brother moved to Japan at around the same time. And so he has like Japanese children and then his brother, you know, has these American children. And then there's the aunt who still lives in China mm -hmm. and the grandmother. And it's like, or even uh, Billy's own, she's an immigrant too. She was there when she was, till she was three and right, then she grew yeah. up in Queens. Uh, and now she's returning back and just like, oh, I don't recognize this place or all oh, the things I know here don't think. The only thing I know about here is my grandmother and she's dying. Mm -hmm. uh, I was really impressed in Lulu Wang's, uh, the way she presented the movie. It's a lot of wider shots, uh, even though it's a very singular idea. It's mm -hmm. still, she populates the, every shot with like a bunch of people. So it seems very busy and frantic. Yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah. Well, uh, okay, when there's these family scenes, it feels like there's a thousand people oh, there. Yeah. There's a lot um, of uh, scenes at table, a lot of eating around Yeah, food. lots of like uh, huge packed table scenes. Uh, yeah, exactly. Two of my favorite scenes are kind of like this. The, they go to visit uh, her grandfather's graveyard. Oh, yeah. And they're all like really crammed in there. <laughs> uh, it's like a very like busy, funny, like very weird And scene. then they do some kind of ceremony at the graveyard, yes, yeah. right? Which like I, the Lulu Wang stand-in character is like, thinks is weird right mm -hmm. I, am i remembering that right like she doesn't remember she how to do weird, it but also goes along with it out of respect yeah because yeah, yeah. you have to which sort of allows you as the audience mm -hmm. member to also think it's weird which maybe you know it isn't weird if you're a chinese person you know and so, so that's kind of you know it's it's for it's it's a gift to you as the filmmaker or as the audience uh yeah they start off the movie with saying uh based on an actual lie mm -hmm. and it's the whole movie is like the lies there like the big climactic scene is uh the lie is gone so far as they had to fake a wedding ceremony <laughs> right because they say it's a wedding and then they're they kind of don't make it clear if the wedding's really going to happen yeah, or yeah. not and then as it goes on they're like well i guess we're gonna have to do this wedding and they stay <laughs> with know? it just long enough where like oh now um i've known these characters long enough i could see them uh be awkward and it's funny and yeah, interact yeah, yeah, with yeah. like strangers uh and you're rooting for them and then like some exciting inciting incidents happen very and, very and it's funny well. because the uh grandmother is like really spending a lot of time planning the wedding like that's one of the reasons <laughs> they go through with it is that she gets obsessed with making sure everything is perfect at the wedding and everybody else keeps going like oh nene like it doesn't matter like you, you don't need to stress out about it and she's like what do you mean it doesn't matter <laughs> our cousin's getting married <laughs> and they're like oh yeah right of course yeah <laughs> uh there's a really funny quote uh chinese people have a saying when you get cancer you die yeah exactly <laughs> her, mo her mom says that to her 
uh, when she's like tried very sad about her grandmother dying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, that's as, very deadpan hilarious. It's hilarious, and I gotta say, like, as somebody who has had family members who have died, like, it's not a hundred percent wrong. Okay. I would say that's kind of true. You know, I mean, obviously not a hundred percent true, but um, I think I think it's just something in that. You know, like not medically from a science perspective, but. Uh, yeah, yeah. Were you, well, let's talk about this. I mean, aside from it being a movie, Caleb, like, would you would you allow Ooh. something like this to happen in your own family? Uh, let's say that this was happening in your family. No, I wouldn't. Uh, I think the tradition of it all is why it happened for Billy Lulu Wang. I mean, ultimately, if you think about it, um, <laughs> uh, if it was all trying to get the family closer together and thing in that way, uh, Nene succeeded in dying. They had to all keep band together and get closer to be, uh, have this lie to bond over. And that ultimately got them together. So Nene won <laughs> <again> <laughs> by um, dying. <laughs> but then I thought you said you, so you didn't, but you, but so you're saying you would want to tell the grandma. Oh yeah. I'm uh, all about people knowing their life no i mean first of all first of all that's very disrespectful to your elders caleb if your parents generation decided that this was what has to happen you know it's beyond respecting them screw you mom and dad obviously you should respect your mom and dad caleb how many times do i have to say on this podcast that i'm a good boy (laughs) and you have to respect what your mommy and daddy tell you to do like that's just part of being a good boy you know so you would tell no i would not i would would not not tell you would would not not tell. tell them i would respect my parents and also, I would think, you know, what's the point? You know, if I, I guess I think of my own self. Would I want to know that I was dying of cancer, like, and I only had, like, two weeks to live? You know, I don't, I honestly don't know. Like, mm. maybe not. Maybe I wouldn't want to know. It seems but, terrible. You yeah. know, it takes over. You get, because you, you're very nervous. Is, yeah, it uh, makes you very nervous, you know. You were talking a little bit ago about uh, Aquafina, and you were saying you oh, thought yeah. she did a really good job. Um, I would say I think mostly she did a good job, but there were times when I was honestly being taken out of the movie by how like bad I thought she was acting. Like no offense, uh-huh. well, because she was, um, she had this thing that she was doing because the whole thing is her character is very sad that the grandma's dying, and she's also very angry at the rest of her family for making her not tell the grandma, and she's mad at herself for not having the courage to just disobey mm-hmm. everyone and do it herself so she's like very sad and a lot of the big scenes she's supposed to be like moping around like the grandma nene is always oh, yeah. saying they uh, do call her out a lot they're like, like why are you moping her, her like stop moping it, you know they just blatantly say the other characters say how sad she is but then so she has this face that she does when she's moping and if you haven't seen the movie yet and you go to see it like keep an eye out for this basically she just kind of slumps her shoulders forward puts her neck out as far as she can and she makes like basically like a cartoon character frown on her face and this is like the face she's making for like 70 <laughs> percent of the movie um, which is just like i can just imagine them saying like oh you're moping you're really sad and she's like okay you're like, well, if you were in like a play for children, that would be a good thing to be doing. But like, maybe like tone it down a little bit. But uh, I would say I'm not, I wasn't a huge fan of her hosting SNL or the movie where she was um, rich and also crazy Asian. No, crazy rich and Asian. Crazy rich Asian. Yes, that film, yeah. I d- which was a breakout film. Yes, and I mean that was her breakout yeah, film. Yeah, uh, I wasn't a, f- a fan of. Really, anyone in that movie? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's not true. I didn't see. It. I didn't see it because you know that I hate watching movies about people that are richer than me. So it made me. It was right in the title, uh, and I so I was like, "This is not one for me, guys." Uh, well, I am Asian, so I had to feel obliged to see that. That's not true. That's kind of true. I did want to. Did you feel like you that. had to see it as an Asian person? Uh, as a Asian cinema fan, uh, we're cro- as a big crossover event in American cinema, mm-hmm. uh, and also Meredith likes rom coms a lot. 
and that was a good movie. Oh to go yeah, see. <laughs> she, well yeah, then you, it ticks all the boxes in that case. Like sure. you kind of gotta go see it. Yeah, and my man Ken Jeong's in that shit. Oh yeah, so I thought you said you like nobody in that <laughs> I movie. Know. I did backtrack a little bit, <laughs> but she is says her line. Oh, fine. my man Nico Santos is in that movie. <laughs> I don't know who that is. He plays. Uh, why can't I think of his Superstore character? I watched Superstore. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I, he's okay. I think I know who you mean on Superstore. Yeah, the only Asian on Superstore. Actually, that's right. not true. There's two Asian people on Superstore. There's three Asian people. Well, Ooh, I, Superstore, not, such a diverse show. I don't spend all day counting how many Asians Asian there are places. <laughs> Does uh, it bother you, Caleb, to see so many Asians around? No, I, think, I wish that I saw that more often. It's great. I love seeing <laughs> Asians around. That's why I joined the climbing gym. I do want to say one more thing about the farewell. It reminded me of Hira... Kozo Kuraida's uh, Still Walking. Uh, he did, obviously, uh, Shoplifters last year, uh, which is a great movie. Everyone loves it. Mm-hmm. One to Palm Dewar. Uh, not my favorite of his movies at all. Uh, Still Walking, probably one or two on that list of favorite movies. But Still Walking, the plot is the son visits his parents every year to commemorate the death of uh, his brother who died. This is like the 15th year. So it's just a lot of like family talking around, uh, talking a- around a big subject mm. uh, and also just more about the family itself other than an actual plot, which is great. Creative. <laughs> I feel like we've done actually a couple of movies that are about that, like family, like Cresha, you know, was oh, sure, kind sure. of like about, yeah, family avoiding something the entire oh, time yeah. and then having to confront it. Man, I guess the way that's... you stylize, that's the director's touch. Like, uh, Cresha was more about the horror of it. Yeah. It was like a horror movie. The right? farewell is more about, I mean, it's like uh, kind of a comedy, yeah, I would say. It's, it's yeah, it's like a sweetness thing, yeah. One thing I would say about The Farewell, too, so I we, we were t- I was talking in the introduction about how it came, started as a This American Life Story, then went through this Sundance program. It, it is, I would say, especially once we get to talking about uh, the next movie, Shirkers, it's a very straightforward film. You know, it's very much like a screenplay that came out of screenplay class. Like, it, it starts somewhere, it goes somewhere, it has a, like... Easily, yeah, well-defined characters and everybody's like going towards a goal and then they something happens act structure climax yeah scene yeah. and it's a very much like an independent movie in that it's like just a couple locations you know it has that kind of indie movie feel mm-hmm. you know where there's just like dialogue scenes and you know people being in kind of very naturalistic environments mm-hmm. um, uh, i would say it's also a little bit of a feat in the fact that uh it's an english movie an english distributor uh but it's mostly a lot in Chinese. It's like mostly, say, it's mostly in Mandarin. Mandarin, yeah, exactly. yeah like yeah. Uh, maybe 60, 70%. Yeah. Uh, and you don't really even think about that at all because it's just uh, a good movie. Could, would, would this be eligible for best no, foreign no, no, language no. movie? No, it has to be produced outside of the United States. Yes, and it wasn't, even though it was filmed outside. But what about Roma? Wasn't Roma produced in the United States? It was uh, in his own studio, which is in Mexico. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, but yeah, it was very much it was very much a straightforward film, and I think it's you know I, sometimes a movie like that is great. It's a movie that's like ninety minutes long, right? I think yeah, yeah, yeah. and long. it's like straightforward, kind of funny, kind of sweet. It's very easy to watch. Mm-hmm. Like I would you know I mean this is the end of the show, but I would definitely recommend watching it. I'm not going to say it's like the best movie of all time, but it's I think it's very well done. It's yeah, very it well done. Crack and it's great my to watch. top movies of the year, but I would say it would be in my top ten so far. Of- yeah. 2019. It's, it's like a good episode of a TV show or something, you know? A great episode of an anthology series. All right, that's enough about that movie. Uh, the next movie we're going to talk about is 2018's Shirkers. 2018 Shirkers. The thing I wanted more than anything was to make a movie. I had the idea that you found freedom 
by building worlds inside your head. That you had to go backwards in order to go forwards. But I never imagined it would end this way. Singapore, 1992. A teenager dives deep into DIY culture, bringing bootleg copies of movies, self-published zines, and like-minded friends along. Those friends start their own zine, which helps generate and nurture their own aesthetic, which lead, which then leads to the creation of a movie called Shirkers, which is supposed to be Singapore's first foray into art house cinema. The movie, directed by the friend's film school teacher, uh, George Cardona, is never released. Cardona takes the footage to be processed and edited, but he never returns. Fortunately, one of the friends, Sandy Tan, reclaims the footage and works that works the footage into a documentary, the one we're talking about right now, also called Shirkers. Uh, this doc channels that DIY ethos with the original footage and mixes with talking head commentary from Tan and her fr- friends, uh, Jasmine Ning and Sophia Harvey, as they chronicle the film's creation and ultimate disappearance. The film also uses 90s-era collages, giving the whole film a very youthful verve as the three women reflect on that period in their life, looking their own creative uh, enterprise as well as how they fell under the spell of George Cardona. Uh, The real tragedy within the triumph of the film is that Tan and her friends are original funny filmmakers. Uh, The original film comes across as some lost relic of 80s cinema, think like Wim Wenders or uh, Jarmusch. The Shirkers documentary looks at the making of a film that destroyed its creator's innocence, even though that innocence is what willed the first film to begin with. It's a very meta experience, truly art house documentary. I loved it. Yes. <laughs> yes. So seeing this movie was your idea, Caleb. Um, what What is it that you love about this movie? Uh, it's very heady. Uh, like it almost is punk rock in the sense that it's, about these three uh, three women uh, reclaiming something from a man, uh, like this dude stole film from them. They stole it back and call him out while using the thing they stole from yeah, him. Right. It's aw- kind of awesome, and it's like very arty. Like they reference uh, like Blue Velvet a lot. <laughs> yeah, they do reference Blue, yeah. Blue Velvet a lot. Uh, yeah, it's just a really you know I would agree that it's, movie, yeah. it's very punk rock and that it like rejects the structure of a film. I mean, this is part of why I was yeah. saying that shit about uh, the farewell. It's like you watch a movie like Shirkers and you're like, oh yeah, you know, there's so many possibilities about what a movie can be, right? Like it can be so many different things. And so that was really interesting to watch. If you know, even if like it, it I would say it starts off pretty strong in that sense. Mm-hmm. In that like uh, you don't really know what's going on for the first like five or ten minutes, uh, but then it sort of finds its feet with the story. Yeah, it, Na- uh, narration helps a lot. Sandy Tan, Sandy Tan narrates it a lot. Mm. It. And it's got a really great visual style. Oh, yeah. Say, like, oh, my God. So the movie is basically, it's uh, modern-day footage. Uh, then it's kind of like collage, almost like animation stuff. Like, you're looking at her old zines and stuff that she made. And then also a bunch of footage of this movie, Shirkers, mm-hmm. that they shot in the 90s in Singapore. And it's like, the Shirkers movie is so f- amazing to look at. Like yeah, the colors the, in it. The colors in it are amazing. Uh, they do a lot of like centralized shots. Think of like Wes Anderson too, before Wes Anderson was a thing. It's funny. They do a thing later on in the movie where they um, put shots of Shirkers next to shots of Ghost World. And it is like almost very, yeah. very similar. <laughs> and she's kind of doing it to say like, see, my ideas were good. Yeah. But it, you are like, oh yeah, damn. It is like very much like Ghost World. Um, it's just to give you a sense of what Shirkers sure, is yeah. like. It's this kind They're of like. They're very talented filmmakers. It's yeah. this kind of heightened universe where, you 
you know, everybody's dressed in kind of a archetypal cartoony way and they're doing like weird motions, you know, like girls in pink head to toe tutus and leggings uh, dancing in like a green backyard garden like that. And but, you know, not dancing very well. And like, how is this connected to anything? You know, like that kind mm-hmm. of a thing. And that's one of the shots they return to like over and over again. Yeah. They use it like every time <laughs> there's like a cut between scenes. Yeah, it's a very meta experimental film, too. There's even therapeutic elements to it because uh, she's interviewing her friends. Sandy Tan is interviewing her friends. Uh, and they're like, oh, yeah, we kept diaries of uh, how this man treated us, this George guy treated us and uh, how bad he was. And so they like her own looking back at their own, like, oh, here's how I was uh, taken advantage of. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. And, and that comes off as very powerful and, like, real raw, truthful documentary, which is always good. Yeah, I mean, speaking of that kind of stuff, like, the movie is very complicated. It's telling <laughs> a very complicated real-life story that spans about two or three decades and involves a bunch of people and a bunch of things where they they don't exactly even know what happened themselves, even though it happened to them. So I did, I did a detective story you know, telling the story of my, you know, life, I guess, um, pursuing, you know, this film project. And then as well as me being a detective as a grown up, you know, putting the pieces together again and solving the biggest jigsaw puzzle of my life. Um, so it's very, you were talking about this thing about how it shows them, you know, confronting him. But yeah, but the relationship they have with him, especially the main uh, woman, the director, Sandy Tan, uh, she has this relationship with him where it's like, it's not sexual. Like we keep, mm-hmm. and even the movie, they say like, oh, you know, you expect me to say like something happened. He was just a cool older guy. He was just a cool old, older guy that he they were friends with. Teacher. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he would like show them how to make movies. And he was like very, he talked about, he told all these crazy stories. Oh, what was his, uh, he was, the, he, he said he was the inspiration for James Spader's character in Sex, Lies, and Video yes, Tape. <laughs> that was the big thing that he said to everyone. Yeah, that was his... Uh, byline. And then as you watch the movie, you find out eventually that actually like a friend of his from Texas in the 80s, uh, two friends of his got to actually work on Sex, Lies, and Videotape in like kind of a major way. And he was always really jealous of them and mad at them. And so then like a two decades later, he's telling people like, oh yeah, I'm the inspiration for this character. <laughs> it's like he has, but this is the whole thing. He has this way of like claiming back part of your experience because he feels kind of threatened by it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it actually reminded me a lot of, um, you know, I wrote this article for Rolling Stone about the founding of Comic-Con that I've been trying to turn into a book forever. But um, the guy, one of the main guys that founded Comic-Con was uh, just like this. Like he helped all these kids put on this festival, you know, Comic-Con, but then he was very threatened by them and angry at them. And then the, he fought with them for like decades afterwards. Oh, he damn. didn't steal anything from That's them. true. You did write that. Yeah, but he felt very similar. Like he was like, oh, I'm not getting enough credit or like these people are more successful than me. And he was like nasty to them and was always saying he didn't get paid enough money by Comic-Con. This movie is very one-sided and righteously so. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't need to hear this dude's experience because he did like just ruin these girls like creative experience. Like they were very excited to make a movie for Singapore too. Yeah. Um, and then the guy just ghosted them, I believe is what the kids say. Yeah. It was basically like, cause they had all gone off to college in other countries basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just never responded to any of them. And this Which, is, you know, pre internet, right? So mm-hmm. he, all they were like sending him letters and calling him on the phone and they just could never get a hold of him. And then they could never hear, they never knew what happened. And you know, they were all bereft and they were so upset, but there was like, in a certain way, nothing they could do, you know? Oh, we also should say that this is on Netflix. You should go watch it right now. Netflix bought the distribution yeah. rights to it. Uh, that's 
we try to help you out, get movies you can see that are really good, <laughs> give you an actually best choice, go see this movie right now it's on very, Netflix. Yeah, it's a very complicated story, mm-hmm. um, and it's told with a lot mm-hmm. of uh, imagination, I would say. And it steps up to its game, like a thing that I love that this movie did, uh, because it showed its own footage uh, It of the original movie, uh, they put the credits <laughs> in for the original movie too like they so it gives it makes it seem like it actually existed it gives like these people their proper due mm-hmm. uh it helps it like take back for these people as well who actually put work into uh, a movie they did yeah all these people who put in so much yeah. work to help make this movie happen it's hard to make your credits that impactful and this movie has impactful credits <laughs> that's true that's true the only although speaking of giving people credit for things one aspect of the film that i had a problem with but this is more of like a personality problem that i have is so first they're talking all about the zines that they would make and all the movies they loved and stuff then they're talking about like this movie that they made and like how important it was to them and how they really thought it was going to do something for a cinema in uh singapore like i'm just so bad at i have such i, I don't want to say low self-esteem but it's like <laughs> if i made something i could never <laughs> make a documentary about it and talk it up like it was the best thing that ever happened like i'm so <laughs> allergic to that kind of thing so in a little watching them like go on and on about how genius their zine was <laughs> i was kind of like i mean it's like a fucking like zine you made on the photocopier like it's not like that great like you know i mean i it's i get, I get that it's important you know but uh I don't know. It was that, rubbed me the wrong. It rubbed me the wrong way a little bit, you know. It's that, it goes back to that punk rock confidence. Like, oh, we're just the best band ever. We're just like fucking out there every day, putting in the work, putting it out there. See, I feel like it would be more punk rock to be like, I don't know, fucking suck, fucking music, stupid. Who even gives a shit? We like different types of punk rock. I guess that's true. We do. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was a little much for me, but I, I, but it was good. It was very interesting. And I mean, it it was funny too, because so much of the beginning of it is about growing up uh, in a place and a time that's like Mm -hmm. Singapore in the eighties and nineties. A a thing I'm not familiar with. If you just want to see a good time travel brochure. Yeah. um, But what I was going to say is um, it's like a time when it was hard to get media like music and movies it's like so alien to this way of living in this place and time but you know that used to be like i mean for me and for you right it was like a thing you built your identity on was being able to find media oh totally yeah going to the video store and picking out weird things you ever seen uh oh this horror movie has a weird cover i'm gonna do this Oh yeah, they bootlegged. They bootlegged their copy of Blue Velvet. They yeah. say <laughs> they had like a, an extensive bootlegging network, which kind of makes it ironic. Like it does like glamorize. Like oh yeah, DIY uh, findings for yourself, and this movie's on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean that was such a big part of uh, being cool at that point in time, right? Oh, totally. Like, was like finding out about stuff, like getting the catalogs from record labels or something. Oh yeah, you yeah. Know? Um, and it's just it's so funny to look back on that because once there's distribution of all that stuff, it makes having that kind of attitude seem so quaint and weird, <laughs> you know? Because it, it, I, I personally think it kind of highlights how much it's just consumer culture. I mean, it is art that you're talking about. But in another sense, it's like it's consumer culture. I mean, you could replace yeah. the movie or the film with a shirt, you know, or a gadget. It's a yin-yang thing. What art can art exist without commerce? Can commerce exist without art? Yeah, it's They're true, right? each other and there's both parts of it into each other and are they the same thing are they the same thing you know andy warhol what do you have to say about that of course remember there's an inherent beauty in soup cans that michelangelo could not have imagined existed yeah so i don't know do you have anything else you want to say about this Uh, film uh, 
I really liked it. I was like, oh, I can't wait to see what Sandy Tan does from here on. Uh, and then they just announced uh, last month uh, she is uh, adapting uh, The Idiot by Alif Batuman, which is uh, was a Pulitzer Prize-nominated book. Uh, I only read maybe four or five books a year, and it's one of them. I love this book. Uh, it's The Idiot. It's very, very uh, 90s as well. I'm super excited that uh, an experimental director is adapting it. Reading it, I was like, oh, I'm never going to see this as a movie. Like I remember <laughs> thinking that, like, oh, I'll never see this as a movie. And then hearing that someone with a creative vision is going to handle it. it. It's very, this is my Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> That's very exciting. And I'm very, yeah. Caleb, bl- blessings on you in this very important time. Yeah. Shout out Leif Batuman. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, uh, it was interesting. So Caleb, let's say that you were forced to choose between these two films and you had to say to somebody, this is like actually your best choice. Yeah. Uh, which, ooh, what are you going to say? What are you going to say? It's tough. I do really like b- b- both movies and they do offer still different flames for me. <laughs> different flames? I what is so it? What do you mean different flames? I'm on fire all over. It is hot in this room. Like, yeah. is, is that what you're talking about? No, I was just talking about like they both itch different scratches scratch mm. different inches i have uh like they both still <laughs> please one more metaphor please can you um, give me one more metaphor uh they both uh pop a lock on my rock sock in different ways okay yeah that's the best one thank you very much <laughs> that's uh, now on now i understand uh, i've seen shirkers twice now uh i would probably default to that uh but i only saw i guess we saw that about a week and a half ago maybe two weeks ago yeah, the farewell yeah. we saw this together um and it is growing on me more and more. So I' gonna put out the actually best choice, right to change my answer. But for now, I'll go with Shirkers. Oh, for Shirkers? No, it's Shirkers now. But I have a right to change that answer. Oh, see, you were leading up to. I felt like you were leading up to saying the farewell, and then know, you gave I me do, a head I fake. I do that. You gave me a fucking head fake. <laughs> like you head faked me so hard. Chris got his ankles broke right now. I crossed him over. <laughs> I was like a viral video of two people <laughs> playing basketball, and I was the white guy. I see a lot of those where uh, it's teachers versus students, and students always drop their <laughs> teachers, and it's so funny every single time. Um, no, I gotta disagree with you, buddy. I gotta say, actually, best choice is the farewell. Mm-hmm. I mean, I talked a bunch of shit about it while we were talking. <laughs> about it and i do think shirkers is a great movie it's definitely a, a, an original artistic film and i think it is worth seeing and again it's on netflix so you can see it for mm-hmm. free but if i'm gonna give a recommendation to a friend of mine about a movie that they might sit down and enjoy to watch i mean the farewell 100 percent. the farewell on, depends on the friend the farewell 100 percent. it's it's an it's an enjoyable funny yeah. sweet cute the acting is good and it's definitely i think like we're saying i think it's going to be a movie you're hearing more about oh yeah uh if there is a groundswell of oscar contention for it let us say that we were on it very early we yeah. were rooting for it i feel like this you know this week that this show comes out all the reviews are going to come out oh, so yeah. i'm very curious if there's going to be like a hundred oh, pieces about onto it. that let's get in there um Maybe supporting for the grandmother. That'd be amazing. Yeah, uh, I we yeah, I think that would be great. Yeah. And she is so good. Very good. But she doesn't even like have an IMDb page. She's like not an actress. There's really no one I knew in this movie. I I, I recognize the dad because he was in Rush Hour and an episode or two of Silicon Valley. <laughs> yeah, she has an IMDb page, but it's one where there's no picture. Like it's just her name oh, yeah. and this movie. A lot of the people, yeah, I didn't uh, just Aquafina and I think his name was. Oh, that guy who's like her dad's uncle. Na- oh, her her dad's oh, uh, C minor. Oh. He's also in Rush Hour. Oh, okay. Uh, so anyway, that's it. You got it. That's the whole deal, guys. That's this week. Uh, I would say actually best choice is The Farewell. Caleb, it, 
went with shirkers. Went with shirkers. Shirkers is also a cool word to say. It is a cool word to say. It's like slackers, but it's shirkers. Oh, sure. Yeah, I always actually thought of that like halfway through the movie and felt like a genius. I can't believe I waited <laughs> until now to say it. Also, wait, speaking of things, um, I forgot to say last week that Jason Manzukas is in John Wick 3 and it's really oh, funny. Why did we talk about it? I love Jason I Manzoukas. love him so much. Um, he's never disappointed me in anything he's ever done. No, he's fantastic in this. He was a TikTok man? Or? He's a TikTok man. Yeah. TikTok, Mr. Wick. TikTok, Mr. Wick. TikTok. TikTok. Tick tock, tick. <laughs> no time to dilly dally, Mr. Wick. Yeah. Tick tock, Mr. Wick. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, so that's it. That's the show this week. Thank you so much for coming, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Love you.